0: Michael Michael Reed on
2: LMFM. They are hard times uh, that we're living through. They are very hard, aren't they? I mean, uh, not only are we cocooned or staying at home or restricted in our movements, but people are are losing jobs. Uh, There's an awful lot to be worried about. This is not a a rehearsal. These are hard times. Uh, Well, not the case uh, if uh, you believe what Eddie Hobbs has uh, to say. Uh, this uh, may just be the rehearsal. In fact, it could get a whole lot worse. In fact, uh, I think uh, it will get a whole lot worse. He says uh, that there is no V-shaped recovery. It is a long, fat U with a lot happening at the bottom and that we're only at the onset and countermeasures phase of this crisis. The flood and fractures are yet to come in the deep valley of the u before recovery. Let's talk to Eddie Hobbs. He's on the line. A very good morning to you and thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, it, it's pretty tough, people will say, but you are predicting that uh, it'll get a lot tougher.
0: Well, the um, you know, up until quite recently, the whole economic costs and consequences of what's going on uh, really haven't reached listeners and readers throughout the conventional media. Um, and and the, the, the reason for that is that an awful lot of the modelling that has been used just just fails in the circumstance because there's a huge unknown, which is which of course is um, the, the the you know the end of the pandemic itself and how that what that might look like. So because there because there isn't a medical answer yet, an awful lot of the um, estimates that were being produced by by world organisations as recently as four weeks ago were, have been proven completely wrong, like the IMF, the World Bank, the OECD, and so on, and um, uh, and then. And I think, you know, look, I mean, it's pretty obvious that there is a there's a certain type of psychology being played by those Mm. that are in charge of the crisis for understandable reasons, um, which is kind of dripping in the incremental change in information as it goes on. Um, And and the conventional media kind of rode behind that, which is understandable. But um, part of that is that, you know, was promulgating this idea of a V-shaped recovery, that it would be business as usual, you know, after a short few months. Um, but that really hasn't been properly examined at all, and it, it doesn't stand up to any reasonable analysis. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks to me like that. Like what looks to I think anybody that's looking at this, there are there are very significant issues uh, that are being created as a consequence of basically the, um, the, the the freezing of of economic activity throughout the world.
2: All right, and you say that there will be no going back to business as usual, no going back uh, to the old economy, to the world as we knew it. Uh. There's three phases uh, to this crisis, and we're at the outset. Tell us a, a little bit more.
0: Yeah, the, well, the three phases, uh, I think we're in the onset and the initial response phase. So we've had the onset of the pandemic. We know what it is, the initial response, uh, the medical response, but also behind the scenes there's been a huge international response economically, where central banks on both sides of the Atlantic and throughout the world have literally just opened up the uh, floodgates of liquidity. In other words, they're mm. they're prepared to buy whatever's necessary uh, to support government bonds, government lending, and also uh, quoted companies. The company credit market is now being supported. That's big companies that are rolling over their lines of credit called corporate bonds. So they're supporting that for the first time on both sides of the Atlantic, which is extraordinary. Um, and and that has been presented as a stimulus. It's not. It's a safety net. And and it won't be uh, sufficient to save everybody because uh, underneath these quoted companies is the huge um, jobs-rich uh, spine of all economies, which is SMEs, unquoted companies, the employers themselves. So again, the, the rescue, the rescue programs are are putting money into the hands of workers that, whose jobs have been lost or mm-hmm. they've been significantly curtailed, which is understandable. But the, but 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 as it goes on, the companies themselves will simply cease to exist because um, they're not getting the uh, support unless they come in place, and um, and and ultimately most businesses simply don't have the cash reserves to sustain anything like a shutdown of revenues mm. for a period of of 2 or 3 months just don't have it
2: and is it that that might be the case, but whilst businesses face closure, governments uh, will continue to support people. I mean, we're already seeing uh, the welfare now, €350 euro a, a week, or is it just that governments will do that for as long as they can do it, but they won't be able to do that forever, uh, unless they're bailed out by the European Central Bank, let's say, and that will bail them out for as long as it can do, but it can't do it forever. In other words, this isn't a bottomless pit.
0: No, it's not. There's a crossover point coming um Uh, Firstly, the European Central Bank is buying government bonds so it's keeping the rates close to zero and it will simply buy whatever is necessary up to a point. But central banks can also uh, uh, go pop, which isn't isn't something that people fully grasp, but it's possible. Um, On both sides of the Atlantic, Japan, Asia economies are all doing the same thing. So there's going to be a huge increase in government borrowing. But all coming to market looking for funds at the same time, and that's going to create a shakeout. So the way I see it working, I think the logic of the thing is that you will see, um, you know, once we get past the onset uh, and initial response phase, which we're in, we'll, we'll then come into a flood. Um, or sorry, if, you know flood and fractures, I call it phase, where we'll have a flood of things happening and then fractures will begin to appear because not every country is going to be able to borrow money at acceptable rates uh, throughout the world. They'll be priced against by markets because everybody will be looking to borrow at the same time. Huge sums of money will flow, obviously, to Europe and to the United States, especially, which is going to suck the capital away from those other countries that are looking for it at the same time. Um, their central banks will respond by pumping money into their own economies and buying whatever they need to buy, which could incinerate their currencies, and that then would lead to IMF bailouts of those countries. Um, I think that's a real possibility, including an OECD country. I think yeah. it's quite vulnerable. And and then uh, on the European side, uh, this is going to uh, this the the next phase is going to seriously test the European Union again, as it did yeah. a few years ago. And the eurozone to a le- to an extreme level further than has it been tested before, whether it can whether Europe will hold now obviously Europe has to hold because if it doesn't the impact on the global economy would be, would be uh, would would be even deeper and longer uh, I think it will I think because everybody will just come to the realization that we're all in it together this time around uh, that the, that this thing doesn't differentiate between north and south mm. um, but unfortunately, some com- countries are coming into this crisis as the world is at an excessive level of debt already for example Italy, Greece and so mm, on mm. relatively speaking we're in very good nick this time around mm. um, and um, that has to be said uh, the overall level of uh, consumer debt in Ireland has come dramatically down over the last 10 years um, we haven't gone on a property uh, banking spiral splurge as mm. had been you know promulgated by certain political uh, forces that we should um, and thanks for God that hasn't happened because can you imagine Ireland in the state we were in in 2007 being hit by COVID-19.
2: But there are countries that are very well insulated and that's why we're seeing arguments yeah. within uh, the right. European Union already and yeah. countries like Germany and the Netherlands not wanting to go into a system of euro bonds because uh, that would mean that effectively they'd be paying for the cost of all of this for these indebted countries that you speak of. Well, about. that
0: would be their argument. Um, but, I mean, the uh, the scale of this thing is so is so, is so so great that I think they will come to the realisation in time that that they can't actually swim on their own, even Germany. Because Germany, for mm. example, at the centre of its economy is a huge problem with its biggest bank.
2: That, that, that raises an obvious question. Uh, what about the United Kingdom? Can it swim on its own?
0: Well, the United Kingdom, it um, couldn't script what the United Kingdom have done. I mean, they've decided to leave the European Union and literally within a few weeks of the vote that... Uh, you know, of the final step in that political process over three years, COVID-19 hits them. They emerge uh, into the world, into a completely changed world. And, mm-hmm. the, and the whole idea was to try and get superior trade agreements from various e- economies throughout the world and that they already enjoyed inside the European Union. Now, they can, you mean, that's just simply not going to happen because economies throughout the world will be scrambling to uh, recover and reinvent themselves. And um, I, c- I can't see how the British government can make any headway. Uh, and they're also coming out at a time when, um, you know, when there's a, when, when there looks as if there's going to be significant global economic uh, disruption for a period of time, um, looking to try and nail those trade deals with a currency, sterling, uh, that is going to be under serious pressure. Behind, which isn't well known, but we've moved from the gold standard in 1971 mm. But the, ex- but the gold reserves of the United Kingdom are tiny. I mean, they're about 300 tons compared to the combined gold reserves of Italy, Germany and France, mm-hmm. which is around 8,500 tons. And, and this could become very significant. So Britain, Britain is in a very vulnerable position.
2: Do you, do you know what, when, when I'm listening to you uh, speaking this morning, Eddie Hobbs, uh, I feel like laughing, like a, a nervous giggle, uh, because I was very concerned about all of this until I, I read your notes last night. Uh, you've written a paper on this uh, which you sent to me last night uh, and I was terrified afterwards uh, because you're talking about a tsunami of bankruptcy and court bottlenecks uh, you're talking a- about employment rising sharply and God knows it has already risen sharply but you're also talking a- about the support that is being afforded to those who lose their jobs being withdrawn because governments won't be able to do that.
0: Well it depends well, you, well what I'm saying is in, in, in sketching out the logic of it um, because remember I started this conversation by saying we have this unknown factor which is how, how early can we control COVID-19 mm. so we're, 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 governments are going to come and I say it in the paper to a pretty brutal crossover point pretty quickly which is that the, the carnage which will occur from continuing to shut down economies will cause greater problems health as well as all other types of problems Mm. uh, than the continuation of COVID-19 throughout the um, population but subject to far greater controls because they'll know what it is they're beefed up icus there'll be greater capacity etc i mean in a few months time and and that COVID-19 will be allowed in the absence of remedies will be allowed to creep throughout the uh, population, the so-called herd immunity solution. Because the alternative, which is a continuation of lockdown, and this is something, obviously, that health authorities don't want to hear, uh, is going to cause uh, far greater problems than the, than the pandemic itself, which is quite clear. I mean, That's I'm talking globally here. You will see bank fractures, you'll see company fractures, you'll see country fractures, you'll see social unrest, uh, uh, food problems, etc. It's, it's not sustainable beyond a short period of time. So there's a race on between science, trying to get remedies in place, yeah. health authorities trying to boost up infrastructure, and, and those uh, who understand the, the, in government, because yeah. governments themselves are self-sustaining organisms, their primary objective is to survive, and they will quickly come to the conclusion that, that this crossover point is ahead. And, and that's the way it will play out. Uh,
2: you believe uh, that uh, this crisis is such that it could lead to banks collapsing, governments collapsing, recession, inflation, and civil unrest?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, in spots. I mean, let's be clear. Um, go- go- governments, uh, gov- I'm talking globally here. I, I think Europe will hang together okay. I think the United States will be fine, and a lot of other OECD countries will get through it because they have the institutions and punch to do it. But parts of the developing world are going to have serious problems in raising capital on international markets. And you may find IMF uh, rescues going on throughout countries uh, you wouldn't have expected to have happened before. And then when you come to banking systems, banking, like ultimately when, when, when business stops and they can't pay their loans, there's a, yeah, there's a certain short period of forbearance, mm. which is what's happening at the moment. And then banks start applying triage themselves. They start just Differentiating between those they're going to let survive and those they are going to let go, and um, they, they can 't just forbear loans forever, and all of this will end up in the banking system, whether it 's with central banks who, who who have to pump money in or whether it 's with commercial banks uh, who are going to have to try and absorb it on their capital buffers you know so like non performing loans swamp banks when banks get swamped unless they get socialized nationalized by, by governments. Mm they go burst. They close their doors on a Friday, they restructure over the weekend, and things look very different on a Monday morning. That's how it works.
2: Do we need to think that there could be a time where we'll just have no money as individuals, so that people will become unemployed and there will be no welfare? People will have retired but there won't be any pensions. That savings that people thought were guaranteed in the banks will disappear because the banks have collapsed and the government can't stand over the guarantee.
0: Yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, but I'm making those comments and that analysis on a global basis, not on an Irish mm. basis, that these, these are the because because everybody sh- everybody's facing into the same challenges. Mm. Um, and yes, you will see banks collapsing throughout the global economy. Um, you will see uh, deposit or haircuts because not all banks can be saved, only those of systemic importance will be saved by national governments. National governments themselves, those that are weakest with the uh, weakest bonds, with an inability to raise capital, uh, can only do one thing when they're locked out of credit markets, which is to to increase money supply. In other words, generate Mm. potentially the risk of hyperinflation by generating too much currency. The IMF will be stepping in, um, uh, looking at um, uh, rescue programs, such as we went through bailout programs and so on, and perhaps using its own currency, uh, to try and um, help itself through that problem. So, yeah, it's very, very serious, very significant. Uh, it's not; It mm. hasn't been discussed, uh, from what I can see, certainly in the Irish media up until now, um, but this is where we're going, uh, unless we reach that crossover point pretty quickly.
2: And for our listeners, Eddie Hobbs, uh, what would you uh, advise? Uh, because I, I think uh, people will know that... Uh, You'd have a good insight into how these things can go. But in this country, should people be thinking about where they have money, if they have money? If they have it in the bank, should they be thinking about which bank they have it in? If they have it in the credit union, is that safe? Uh, should they be thinking about putting money in government bonds?
0: Well, we're not at that point of um, crisis yet. But if, obviously, if this develops, this is where we'll go. We're going to end up with um, concerns about the banking system itself. Um, and uh, anybody got, get that, got, that has money in an Irish bank needs to look at its credit rating. It needs to see where is it on the list of systemically important financial institutions. Um, credit unions themselves take money in and then put it into banks. So if I had money in a credit union, I'd be finding out what bank are they actually using. Mm. Similarly, if you have money through a pension fund or a life insurance product, and, and you're, you're holding it in cash, I'd be finding out, well, what banks are you using? Now, some life companies will be using globally, systemically important banks, so that would be a comfort. Um, Then, I think, on the other side of the deflationary effect, in other words, the economic fall uh, that we're going through at the moment, um, the deflationary period of this U, the bottom of the U, will come high inflation at the other side, simply because of all of the money pumping around. And in a situation like that, if you're in or close to retirement, I think inflation-linked Government bonds. I'd be looking at those. Germany and France, in particular, even though they'll pay nothing at the moment. I think down the road, um, they, we're, we're, we're going to see a breakout of inflation. Uh, uh, the one asset class that I've been talking about for the last 15 or 16 years, continuously, ever since it was selling at around 250 euros an ounce back in 2003 and 4, is, is gold. Mm. And, um, and having, having a percentage of whatever you've got in cash and gold makes perfect sense. Then in terms of other stuff that people have invested in, look, the property market is going to come up. So, you know, don't be expecting rents to just bounce back in a V-shaped recovery and values to bounce back. That's not going to happen quickly. Um, investment products then that have multi-asset exposure and equities, um, you know, and alternative types of investments will go and take advice on uh, on what can be done to get into a more defensive position if that's what you need to do mm. because you can't ride it through. Uh, you should be doing that right now with your financial advisors.
2: Okay, Uh, just to conclude, uh, we heard uh, the Governor of uh, the Central Bank on television last night say he didn't support the idea of helicopter money. Uh, this is the idea of money falling out of the sky into all of our pockets, the central bank printing money uh, and giving it to everybody so we can go and buy our groceries and so on. What are your thoughts on that? Anyways?
0: Well, it may not be his call. Um, um, uh, uh, it certainly, uh, the Irish central bank uh, will, will, will form part of, the, obviously, the ECB. Um, but um, the, these extreme measures are going to happen anyway, globally because the, you know, the Keynesian formula has been applied since, since the last crisis, which is, which is always the case, which is cut interest rates down to nothing, pump money from central banks into buy government bonds and buy corporate bonds. In other words, buying securities at prices nobody else is willing to pay and then put them on the central bank balance sheet. So like, that's a form of um, you know people complain about capitalism. That's not capitalism. That's what I call crapitalism. It's, it's central bank dole. Mm. Now, when, on the other hand, the central banks... Drop the money not into the banking system to have it digested or sent out in the form of loans, but the, when they when they pump money directly into consumer bank accounts to encourage them out to spend their money, you know the so-called helicopter money. Well, that's just another form of capitalism. But at least it's going directly into the uh, wallets and handbags of individual consumers to spend. But the timing of something like that and the scale of something like that would have to be very carefully considered, because that is inflationary. That's the one thing that will. Drive your currency. um, uh, You know, can have currency, significant currency implications. Um, So, at the same time, um, it's difficult to see how they're not going to take that step because central banks and world authorities only know one game, which is um, which is the Keynesian formula of um, of of government stepping in when the um, when the private economy goes through these types of problems and doing whatever it takes. And you yeah. know, we're in an extreme case now, where we're we're entering this global pandemic, which doesn't have a medical solution yet, at a time when we have pumped up global debt levels already to 250 trillion dollars, uh, about three and a half times global GDP, which is quite high. Uh, all of that extra debt that's been added in the last ten years hasn't created an equivalent amount of economic growth. Okay. The economic growth now is now going in the opposite direction, and the debt is going in the in, in the other way so obviously these things have implications at the other side of this emergency so during the flood and fracture phase which is the next phase you will see a flood of things happening you will see fractures arising i'm talking globally here i keep saying that and then after that will come the recovery and the recovery will will be um will be quite sharp um because um there there's likely to be quite significant clean out at the bottom of the u and, uh, and and you know, and things will come back, but the type of economy on the other side will be very different from the type of economy that went mm-hmm.
2: in. Not as we knew it, and certainly not as we ever would have imagined it. You've given us much to think about and I'm sure it'll weigh on the minds of many of us for the rest of the day, if not beyond that. Well, Thank you. Well,
0: if anybody wants to read that paper, by the way, yes, I'm putting it up on my own website um, this morning, I hope. Okay. Um, uh, so that people can actually read it. It's quite long and mm. um, it, it just, you know, it's, it's, it, it's it will give more detail. So, mm. but the reason I've done that, I, I just think that uh, it's important that um, that we face it instead of instead of um, continuing to be, you know to believe the narrative of the V-shaped recovery.
2: Yeah, uh, sobering reading. Eddie Hobbs. Uh, the website Eddie Hobbs. is it? Yeah,
0: uh, Hobbs Financial should be up on that. Hobbs
2: Financial. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you for joining us here on the program, Eddie Hobbs. They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.